0: Hey, guys, and welcome to a special edition of the Money Podcast. It's called Money News You'll Really Use. The concept is simple. We subscribe to tons of financial publications, and every month we read hundreds of articles. Then, once every couple of weeks, we give you the highlights so you can be up to speed on the important news that affects your money. Think of it as an investor's almanac. In Part 1 of today's show, we'll discuss where we are now and what's happened in the markets this month. In Part 2, we'll go over important news stories. And part three, we'll go over recent investments the three of us have made. Then, time allowing, we'll go over some listener questions. I am your host, Stacey Johnson. My co-host, as usual, is Miranda Marquette. Say hello, Miranda. Hello, Miranda. <laughs> Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hello. How are you guys doing? I am doing peachy. So we're going to get the ball rolling, but first, a quick disclaimer. We're going to discuss specific investments in this show, including things we've personally invested in. But these are not recommendations. Why? Because what's right for us may not be right for you. Before you invest in anything, you've got to do your own research so you can make your own intelligent decisions. Okay, now let's get back to the news. Well, let's start with where we are now uh, and where, where we've been so far this month. It is it's, it's actually November 18th, but we're starting in the morning, so really we're just going to go through the 17th of November, so basically mid-November. Okay, so where we are, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up about 0.3%, so not very much for this month so far. So far this year, though, it's up 17%. The NASDAQ, that's your tech stocks, tech heavy index anyway, up 2.7% so far this month, so way better than the Dow. And so far this year, up 24%, also way better than the Dow. So you're your technology stocks are are doing way better than your stocks on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, um, Russell 2000. These are little companies, up three and a half percent so far this month. So far this year, up twenty percent. Oil prices, eighty three dollars and fifty seven cents uh, when the when the month started. Now they lower. They're below eighty, so they're down about seven percent so far this month. Still, so far this year, up sixty three percent. And the 10-year bond, the, uh, the we use this because the, a lot of interest rates, like mortgages, are based off of it. The 10-year bond started off the month at 1.55%. It's up a little bit from there, but not much. So far this year, though, the boy, that 10-year bond is paying 72% more than it used to at the beginning of the year. So interest rates are rising gradually, very slowly, actually, uh, lately anyway. And uh, oil's down a little bit, and stocks are up. Mostly the NASDAQ and the Russell are doing the best. The little stocks and the tech stocks are doing the best so far this month. Before we move on, I want to talk about why interest rates are not going up. In other words, the 10-year bond, it's gone up from the beginning of the year, but it's only up about 2% so far this month. How come, you know, with all this inflation talk, how come interest rates aren't rising? It's kind of weird. Do you guys have an opinion?
1: We're kind of waiting to see what the Fed does and whether like um, whether the whether the the Fed's going to go ahead and do that. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you're right. I mean, I think, uh, it, you know, one thing that I read the other day that I hadn't considered is that one reason why interest rates may not be going up so much is that a lot of foreign uh, investors are buying our treasury bonds. And, and that pushes rates down. You know, more people that buy bonds with the the more of the interest rates go down. So a lot of people from other countries where, because people think, I mean, I I see this constantly. Joe Biden's responsible for all the inflation we're having. He's not because inflation's happening all over the world and it's worse in in other places. So if you're you're living in a country with lots of inflation, you could buy our bonds. In other words, you're just moving money to the United States. And the way you do that is to buy bonds. So having more foreign investing in, in our bond market could keep rates low here, at least for now. Also, some people may think that higher, that the economy is going to slow down, so it, and that could make interest rates go down, or that inflation is transitory, which is what the Federal Reserve has been trying to convince us of all year. It, but it is weird that people talk so much about inflation. Prices are certainly going up, but interest rates are remaining low, and that that's unusual. But anyway, let, let's talk about some news stories. I've got about 20 of them here that I've pulled <laughs> over the course of the last two weeks, but I'm not going to obviously read all of them. Um, one of the most important ones, this is from uh, November the 3rd, so it's been a couple of weeks ago. Now, again, this is November 18th, the morning of November 18th we're talking now. But on November 3rd, uh, here the headline is, the Fed lays out plans to start tapering this month. Here's an excerpt from the article. The Federal Reserve on Wednesday confirmed that it would begin reducing monthly bond purchases this month while doubling down on its view that inflation is transitory, what I just said. It pushed back on expectations that interest rates will need to rise sooner and more aggressively than telegraphed. So this is the big debate. You know, the Fed is saying, take a chill pill. Everything is going to be fine. Interest rates are are, are, or prices are rising, but they're not going to be rising that much longer. Calm down. And a lot of people who are, you know, investing in the stock market or money managers are saying, bull, you know, this is it. Inflation is here to stay. So anyway, but the, but the Fed did start. They did say that they're going to start reducing their bond purchases, which is help helping keep interest rates lower by fifteen billion dollars every month. They're they're spending one hundred and twenty billion a month now, so they're going to be reducing it fifteen billion every month. So that by next July, I think it is, they will not be supporting the bond market at all by buying, reducing their purchases. is called tapering. That's what they're doing.
1: Yeah, so I think one of the most interesting stories uh, is from the New York Times, uh, and it's dated November sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. So, so just a uh, couple of days ago. Just just a couple of days ago, and so um, I really, it was really interesting. It's actually an opinion from um, the uh, economist Paul Krugman, the uh, Nobel laureate, and uh, he uh, says that. Um, you know, economic policies should be fairly easy to evaluate because you can see its effects in in people's lives. However, uh, polling is starting to become increasingly polarized uh, by by party. So he talked about, like, how when the White House changed hand, Democrats began seeing a more positive assessment of the economy, while Republicans became really more negative. And so it's very interesting because they— because even though the economy, by most numbers, is better than it was in March two thousand nine, in the depths of the financial crisis, Republicans are saying are having more negative assessment because of how polarized uh, we've become. But at the, at the same time, too, uh, they also talk about how you know there's different people who vote for these parties. So that's part of it too, where you've got small business owners, most of them, you know, who who in general tend Republican are, you know, struggling because of, you know, uh, because they're having a hard time finding people that want to work for them, uh, while at the same time, low-paid workers are experiencing wage gains because, you know, people have to pay more in order to attract people to work for them right now. So it's kind of interesting to kind of see how that goes. And then the other interesting thing was since the since what, there's t- what they talk about the economy is different from how they talk about their personal finances. Most people are more positive about their personal finances than they are about the economy at large. So that was just kind of an interesting take uh, to me. I thought it was really interesting, uh, just kind of a interesting little policy article looking at how people perceive the economy, because part of what we end up with, right, um, is perception. And once we get to a point where uh, we, we have a tipping point of people— sort of perceiving things a certain way, then we start to see some real interesting changes.
0: Yeah, you know, that that's interesting. I read that same article, Miranda. I didn't. I wasn't going to mention it today, and I'll tell you why. It's, been, it's always been true. Uh, it is, I think it's more exacerbated now than it has been in the past, but let me tell you a story. Okay, so in 2009, I wrote an article, uh, and it was about a poll, and I'm not going to say as accurately because I haven't, haven't reread the article, and it's 12 years ago, so i am do my best, but there was a poll that said... <laughs> Fox News viewers thought that the recession was still going on when it had—and this is when Obama came in, right? Remember this? Okay. So right, once Obama yeah. came to office, Fox News viewers thought the recession was going on two years after it ended. And and now, I'm not picking on Fox News or Republicans. What I'm saying is that the 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 party that's in power tends to get trashed by the party that isn't. And so—and but and, and the reason why this is important, by the way, the reason why I wrote that article— is because if you think that the economy's in the dumps and and I but it actually isn't, then you're missing. You're standing on the sidelines with your savings when they should be in the stock market. So this is yeah, important. That's a good yeah, yeah, that's a the
1: a point. Yeah, that's that's why this
0: matters. You know because this is going to make you make mistakes. So when you especially for your financial life, even if even if all you do is you know watch OAN or whatever these networks are. Or or CNN or whatever it is MSNBC, you know whatever side of the spectrum you're on, take a minute and read something that's factual about what's actually going on in the economy because it's going to cost you money if you don't. And recognize that that there's a lot of people who, like now, like you said, Miranda, what what Paul Krugman was saying was that you know the, the twice as many people feel better about the economy, Democrats and Republicans, and the economy's really not that bad. So. Just read some objective stuff, that's all, whichever side of the fence you're on.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. Or or take a step back and actually try and see what's actually going on. Yeah.
0: Now, let me go back and read an article. This is probably, this could be the most important article of the, of the month so far. This came out on November 10th. This one's from CNBC, but it was all over the place. Uh, here's the headline. U.S. consumer prices jumped 6.2% in October, the biggest inflation surge in more than... 30 years. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, yeah, little blurb. The Consumer Price Index, which is a basket of products ranging from gasoline and healthcare to groceries and rents, rose 6.2% from a year ago. That compared to the estimate of 5.9%. Energy prices overall rose 4.8% in October and are up 30% for the 12-month period. Used vehicle prices rose 2.5% on the month and 26% for the year. Uh, within the food category, meat, poultry, fish, and eggs collectively rose 1.7% for the month and 11.9% year over year. So that's a big number. Oh, and remember what I was telling you before about inflation, too? It's all over the world. Listen to this. China's producer price index rose by a record 13.5% in October from a year earlier. Wow. Accelerating from a 107 increase in September. So Prices are going up, and they're going up a lot all over the world. And that's got people freaked out. So far, it hasn't caused the Fed to re- to raise interest rates, though. So, what do you guys are you guys noticing inflation? Oh me yeah, personally, for sure. Are you? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. So it hasn't hit me super hard. I know, like, I know grocery prices are up and everything, but like, since I'm one person, I like rarely. Um, like I, I just don't have a lot of groceries, so, so it doesn't like have that huge effect on me if I'm spending a few dollars more on something because I don't have a huge grocery list, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw a news story of some people that had 13 children or something, and they, they were freaking out.:
2: Yeah, you would definitely feel it with 13 children.
0: I would be freaking out if I had 13 children, much less inflation. That would be a least my (laughs) right?
1: That's a (laughs) totally different situation.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, I haven't really noticed prices going up. But to be honest with you, I don't really buy a lot of stuff either. My wife does the grocery shopping, uh, and I I tend to not buy anything at all. (laughs) The the clothes I'm wearing people gave me. I I do buy stuff, but mostly stocks. (laughs) I don't really do a lot of. Shopping, But obviously, these these are big increases, and they're not going to go unnoticed by most of the people in the world. That's for sure. So that that's probably the biggest story of the month. Um, here's another one now. This was two days ago, three days ago, November 15th. This is from Bloomberg. Here's your headline. Morgan Stanley says steer clear of U.S. stocks and bonds in 2022. Oh, I read that one. That's pretty specific. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The bank was saying that.
0: Yeah, here's a uh, yeah, exactly, and and these are these are investment advisors, so they yeah. tend not to want you to be out of the market, right? You know, that, exactly. That's not how they make money. But here, here's a blurb from the article: Stay away from U.S. stocks and bonds next year, and seek out better returns in Europe and Japan. So it's, they're really talking about U.S. stocks and bonds. You know, that's funny because I read that one,
2: and it made made me immediately try to find Japanese articles to find out why what's going on over there. Why should I invest in them?
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned this before we started recording. What, what article are you talking yeah. about?
2: Well, I mean, Japan's like the third uh, world's largest economy. And um, so I was like, well, why would you want to invest over there? Because last I knew, their economy was in shambles because nobody was spending money over there.
0: Yeah, they had deflation for a long time.
2: And I guess they really love their prime minister over there. And he's he's going to do his own uh, stimulus package where he's giving like, if you're below 18, every child's going to get 800 U.S. dollars. He's dumping a whole bunch of money and they're trying to uh, boost the uh the shopping extravaganza over there, but everybody's thinking that the way the Japanese mindset is, is that they might not do anything. They might just hoard it and, and save it for future uses.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, I'm looking right now at the Nikkei index. That's the Japanese stock market, uh, their primary index, anyway. Uh, and it is year to date up 7.85%. So not nearly as good as our market, but that doesn't, you know, we're obviously talking about investing for the future. So maybe there's, Maybe uh, Morgan Stanley's thinking that uh, Japan are, is going to do better. I can't imagine anyone's thinking about going to China because China's just falling no. apart. Yeah. Chinese stock. I, I don't mean China's falling apart. I mean the stocks that trade here and Chinese companies are falling apart.
2: I think it was another thing that was interesting was uh, I guess GE is going to split up. So yeah, I that was I pretty, that. yeah. So they're going to are this major, major company, which hasn't been doing well for a long time, but uh, they're going to split between a uh, turbine manufacturing company, then they're going to split into a healthcare company, and split into an energy company.
0: Yeah, I saw that too, and I own it, and I, that's actually one of my biggest losers.
2: Yeah, they've been selling off parts of the company for years now, but I guess they're now just going to be reduced to three separate companies.
0: Yeah, that it, 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 the stock went up initially on that news, and now it's not up at all. I think it's basically about exactly where it was. I'll see right now um uh, I was really happy when I read that but it's going to take years for that to occur yeah actually yeah. the stocks below where it was it's at 99.73 and it was it was up, almost up to 120 I think when they announced that so the the uh, market doesn't really get they give a big yawn to that news apparently okay let me give you another headline and we're going to get into our our own investing stuff here in a minute but we've got a couple of minutes for that one more thing from The Wall Street Journal on November 10th Is Santa Claus coming to town? Maybe not. Blame the labor shortage. (laughs) That's the the headline. Here's an excerpt. A tight labor market has made it tough to find truck drivers, restaurant workers, and retail employees. Add to that list Santas, who are both in high demand, some bookers say, and short supply. As some would-be St. Nick's stay on the sidelines of the labor market. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know whose lap you're going to be sitting on this year, Miranda, but it may not be Santa's.
1: Definitely not Santa's. Uh, that 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 is a crusty and lecherous old dude. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll hope there's no little children listening to our podcast. I doubt there are. Uh,
1: no, but yeah, I mean, you know, once again, we're still hearing, um, you know, this about the labor shortage um, and all of that, and you know, just once again, just kind of, it's important to remember that you know, we did see more than 700,000 deaths from COVID so far. And so that op- that just leaves a lot of holes in a labor market. Um, and uh, we have also, you know, workers are starting to say, hey, wait a second, like, show me the money. We've got some power here. Uh, you know, show me the money. Um, and, and I yeah. do think it's important to, to note as well, because a lot of people are saying, oh, well, people are just quitting and collecting government benefits. That's not how it works, because you can only collect unemployment if you've been laid off. So if you quit your job, you don't get access to those benefits. So I think it's important to, to make that clear that people aren't quitting and then just like going on the dole because that's not how it works.
0: No. Well, have you been reading that? So people think that?
1: Yeah, a lot of people think that. Um, A lot of people are claiming that people are just like uh, quitting and um, and then going on like getting their unemployment benefits. And that's not how unemployment works. You have to be laid off. And so,
0: um, yeah. Well, oh, oh, by the way, I've I've got one really serious thing that I really want to read to you guys. But before I do that, I've got one more silly one. This is from November 8th. Shiba Inu coin craze is driving demand for what else? (laughs) Shiba Inu puppies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course. Here, here's a blurb.
0: While Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency created from a meme back in 2013 using the image of a Shiba Inu, enjoyed a burst of popularity this summer, it was recently overtaken in market value by the slightly less creatively named Shiba Inu coin. <laughs> so Shiba Inu breeders across the United States say they're seeing more business than ever since cryptocurrency trading brought the Japanese hunting dogs into the limelight. So there's a there's a warm fuzzy Literally fuzzy That doesn't story. work fuzzy.
1: Yeah, and, and speaking of cryptocurrency, one of the things um, I'm looking at is the cryptocurrency crash. Um, you know, it's it's going down. So back at the end of October, um, my Coinbase cryptocurrency. So this is different, right? I have I keep I keep a small amount of my crypto portfolio. Most of my experience experiments on Coinbase, and then but the bulk of my crypto portfolio is actually in a cold, what's called a Cold wallet, which it looks like a thumb drive, um, and it's stored in my my document safe. So, um, but yeah, so but my Coinbase balance was looking at right around seventeen eighty nine, so close to eighteen hundred dollars at the end of October. Today it's um, today <laughs> when we're recording this, it's it's down to thirteen hundred, uh, well thirteen seventy two, so just before fourteen hundred. So we're seeing a cryptocurrency crash. A lot of people are blaming it on China and saying, well, China just uh, they just said in a press conference uh, yesterday that they're going to continue to crack down on cryptocurrency mining. China is one of the biggest crypto mining uh, centers in the world. Uh, so, so, so there's kind of that going on. Um, and part of it has to do with the, the way that China wants to introduce its own digital y- uh, yuan. And so they want their own digital currency. Uh, so it, it's really kind of interesting um, and then, you know, also you, you just see a lot of people like cashing out their, You know, you're making some big money here on cryptocurrency. Now it's time to take profits. So you're not the one holding the bag. So there's that, too. Um, and there's a lot of volatility happening. So it's really hard to say, like, what's going on there. But if you are interested in cryptocurrency and you haven't um, keeping track uh, and as we talked about in our last uh, episode about inflation, uh, you know crypto evangelists will tell you it's an inflation hedge, but now we're seeing that it's really not. So just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, just kind of kind of kind of keep that in mind.
0: Yeah as we speak, Bitcoin is fifty eight thousand down ten thousand dollars in the last I guess week or so, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Let's see. It's down 10.4% in the last week. I guess that's not quite $10,000, but it was 68,000. I know. And I I own a bunch of ether and it's, uh, it's at 4,000. That's down 14% in the last week. So, and why this is going down. I have no clue. I I don't know a damn thing about these things. I'll just tell you right (laughs) now. I have no idea what makes them go up or down. I have no idea. It's supposed to be an inflation. Well, you just said, Miranda, that they're going to stop mining it. You know, the Chinese are putting their foot down uh yep. so well well that would make the that would make the supply less not more wouldn't it i mean why is that why does that make prices go down i don't understand this um, whole thing just sounds like a house of cards to me
1: yeah it's really hard to kind of like get on top of that and and just really figure that out <laughs> because yeah because there's no real intrinsic value being um made there and um so it's it's hard to say like how we're going to how we're going to make it work so uh-huh. um
0: you know, and yeah, it seems like every time I turn on a, 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 an investing show on TV or read an article where someone's interviewed, the the air quotes expert on Bitcoin <laughs> are, are, are people who own a bunch of Bitcoin. I mean, you know, they're all bulls. <gasps> right. you know, no one's and, saying, like, and... oh, I made a fortune in Bitcoin, but I'm selling it all now because it's going to zero. No one's saying that. They're all saying, oh, no, it's going to go to 500000 know, because they own it. Yeah. I don't trust any of them. I really don't. Right, yeah.
1: It's, it's hard to say, but it's just it's just one of those things where you want to just again, like limit the amount of your portfolio it, that's in these cryptocurrencies. Um, you know, a lot of people are starting to say, you know, hey, limit that to five percent of your portfolio. Let's let's not have your po- portfolio take down. And you certainly don't want it. You don't want you don't want it to to be something that's going to take down your whole portfolio. And you don't want to put your life savings in it.
0: That is for sure. It's uh, you know maybe it doesn't end in tears, but somebody's crying right now. Just it just broke fifty eight thousand. But anyway, okay, I've got one more story. Then we can talk about our, our personal investing. And this is hey, this is an important story. I want everybody to pay attention to this now, and I mean it. Okay, this came out yesterday. Okay, this is from Barrons. Here's your headline: Small cap stocks are in line to be big winners in twenty twenty two. And here's a blurb. I'm gonna this is gonna a little longer because I want you to hear this. Small stocks have big potential for the coming year. They've already shaken off a seven-month funk and risen to record highs in November. Going forward, they have several ingredients in their in their favor. They are cheap and in inexpe- an expensive market, have attractive fundamentals, and can avoid several of the potential pitfalls facing large caps in 2022. Investors should consider a bigger allocation to smaller stocks in their portfolios. The iShares core S&P small cap fund, $76 billion ETF, expense ratio is 0.06, very low. It is the best option for most investors looking to add a small cap allocation to their portfolios. Now, we've been talking about, uh, that's the end of the article, we've been talking about small caps all year, and I bought a small cap fund. In fact, we could use this as a transition, but I wanted everyone to understand that, to hear that. Because, and I, because that makes sense. At this stage of an economic cycle, small caps are usually playing catch-up with the big boys. And that's the Russell 2000 we talked about at the outset of the show. So if you are going to make any new investments, that might be a good place to do it. Now, we've got just a few minutes left. Let's talk about what we've been doing. Because I've actually I've been flurry of activity over here at, at Team Johnson. Oh, really? <laughs>
1: yeah. I've, I've actually bought some stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I haven't done really well at it. But uh, so far, but I, but I have bought some stuff. But first, what have you have you guys done anything?
1: No, uh, so I'm pretty much staying the course. I think our our last our last discussion that we had was I had gone ahead and um, converted some of my Shiba Inu because it was like doing gangbusters and converted some of it to Mana, which is the Decentraland, which is connected it to comes the metaverse. From heaven, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. So, uh, so I can, I had done that. And so I'm pretty much sticking with that. The, the profits I've already taken on my Shiba aren't real, you know, I already took all the profits. I already more than doubled my money on Shiba. So I'm not like super concerned about it crashing right now. Um, And then, uh, Mana is one of the few cryptos that are actually up today, so I'm pleased about that. But that's something you know we kind of talked about last our last update. But I haven't made any substantial changes at all. I'm still doing my regular, my regularly scheduled dollar cost averaging into my goals that I do every single every single week. Um, there's an automatic transfer that goes into different ETFs. Um, and that's, and I'm still doing that. So, and, and I'll, I'll, and that's just, you know, my automatic thing that helps me reach my goals, funds my retirement account, funds my travel fund, those kinds of things. Um, and that's just happens automatically. And I don't plan on changing that no matter what happens. Um, but I haven't started any new experiments. So just kind of boring over here.
0: Well, exciting stuff over here at least for me. I mean, cuz you're talking to or you're listening to a guy who buys stocks and keeps them for literally 20 years. So, uh, I have a lot of stocks that I've owned since before 2000, year 2000. But re- recently, I have bought, okay, did I, did I buy PayPal the last time I talked to you guys? Yes, you did. Okay, I bought yes, more. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, oh, I nice. PayPal. I bought PayPal at 230 and now it, it fell. It was really high. It was I'm going to say close to it was more than 300, I think, at one time, but it, it fell back. And I wanted to get into some um, some. Um, what, am I, what am I trying to say? Decentralized finance, DeFi, is that what it's called? Uh yeah. huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I, I wanted to get away from the big banks because I own a bunch of bank stocks too, and so I bought that. And then it, and then it went down a whole bunch after I bought it. Then it started coming back up, so I bought it again, thinking that the, it had reached the bottom, and it went down again. So now <laughs> I'm down. Thirteen percent on my first purchase of PayPal, and down five percent on my second purchase, which was just two days ago. Um, so I, I didn't time that exactly right. I'm still good. I'm still going to keep it though. Um, let's see what else did I buy? I bought Baidu, I already had Nvidia. Oh, Nvidia is kicking serious butt. I bought that in 2020 for fifty dollars a share, and now it's three hundred and twenty. I'm about five hundred forty-five percent on that. Um, let's see. Oh, I bought Boeing. I bought Boeing the other day. I paid two hundred and twenty-nine dollars a share for it. I, I figured, you know, sooner or later the, the other problems have to be behind them. And there's only two players in a world that build that build airplanes, right? There's Boeing and then there's Airbus. So I figure Boeing's gotta come back sooner or later. I bought it at 229. It's now two twenty-seven. I'm a little down on that too. Um, and then oh I sold a little a penny stock, literally a penny stock, which I never ever buy. I sold that for a hundred and or 67% profit, uh, which I bought in 2020. I, I owned chem, uh, Chemocentrics. I think I told you guys about that. I sold half of that and made 76%. I held that for a month. So I did pretty well in that. But anyway, the major things I bought were I bought more PayPal to my chagrin, and I bought. Um, Boeing, which I'm pretty happy about. I think it's going to do well. So that's, that's, that's the changes that I've made. But also, remember, I mentioned just a little while ago about small caps. I bought a small cap fund, which we've talked about before. I bought the Vanguard small cap value fund in February, uh, and I'm up 14% on it. Oh,
2: that's really good.
0: Yeah. Did you guys buy that when we talked about buying small caps back in February? I didn't, no. Should well, have. 40- well, I should have. Well, you know, I, uh, your Roblox, I wanted to buy and I didn't buy it, and it's doubled practically in the last two weeks. Uh, that's the, that was the um, AI stock for the metaverse. We were talking about metaverse. I did oh, not. Oh, yeah, I read that. an article
2: I, recently about how everybody thinks that's Facebook's going to oh, kind of crumble because of that whole metaverse thing.
0: Well, fa- Facebook's done really well the last few weeks. It's, it's, well, it's, the
2: article was basically pointing out the fact that there's a lot of companies out there that are actually better suited to design a metaverse and anything Facebook ever designs really is kind of crap. Like there's, (laughs) there's from a, it's from a software designers perspective. Interesting. And the coders are pretty much saying, you know, Facebook in itself is not user friendly. It's not a great designer. And you're telling me that Facebook is going to design a metaverse when they, they, they bought Oculus and they haven't even put out a better, uh, you know, version of that Oculus. And they're going to, you know, their platform kind of sucks. It's kind of wonky. And these are the guys that are going to design the metaverse when you have way better companies that could do this.
0: I I find that very interesting. I think they're primed to be able to do that. They're going to put $10 billion into it. Maybe. It depends. We'll see. Yeah, I own Facebook, which I, I, what did I pay for Facebook? I'm looking for it right now, my thing here. I bought it for $96.85 in 2016. Now it's $338. So I've got about 250% gain on it. But uh, by the way, I keep mentioning my stocks, I, and I forgot to mention this. If you want to see the stocks I own, all of them, including when I ha- when I bought them and what they what I paid for them and how much they are now, uh, you go to our show notes and it says "click here for Stacy's stocks." They're on a uh, Google document, and you can take a look at it, and uh, anytime you want, and it updates constantly. So if you want to know what I'm buying, I've, I've actually put my money where my Google docs are, so there <laughs> you can see it. We're out of time, but we're never out of a topic. As I just said, dig deeper, look at the stocks I own, and there's 20 links of stuff that's going on that you can see in our show notes. So take a look at them. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, com. If you've got a question, comment, or topic, tell us. Just email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And finally, if you like what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds. Really helps us out. So if you like us, show us. Subscribe and tell your friends. I'm Stacey Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. And I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time.